Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. Hey listeners, this is Dave from No Encore uh, in Cork, outside in Cullum's house. He put us up for the weekend. Uh, you can probably hear from my voice there that uh, I've had a good time over the last couple of days. We packed a lot in. We came down for the Quarter Block Party Festival, and I want to thank Quelan, Ashling, Mike, Emer, and everyone who worked tirelessly on that festival to make it what it was. It was really, really cool to kind of hang out in Cork for a couple of nights and just see all these venues packed out of it. Really kind of good, interesting bands. We caught Dan and Felix No Emperor, both of whom were on the show today. We caught Bad Bones last night, which was awesome. She's fucking great and uh, various other things here and there so it was really really cool and I, I'm going to hop on a bus now and probably fall asleep for about 10 days but of course this is me doing my informal intro for the show we recorded it in the round yesterday I want to say thanks again to everyone who came out to the show and I also want to thank uh, hot young newcomer David Droney for providing the sound for us on the day he did a great job look out for him he's got some new music out this year so without further ado this is now Encore Live in Cork aka Culm's big grand homecoming I hope you enjoy it and we'll be back to regular service next week It's No Encore. It's episode 98 of the No Encore Music Podcast, and I'm joined, as always, by Craig Fitzpatrick. Hello. And proud son of Cork. He made this happen. It's Cullum O'Regan. All right, boy. How's it going? How you doing, man? I feel and, like uh, I've just, like, really changed since I came down here. Like, Let's not do that for the whole show. Okay, fantastic. Um, I want to say... Um, Owen, point of everything, we're big fans, he's been very, very supportive of our show, and it's an honour to follow him, so thank you very much, sir. Of course. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll get underway. Uh, is there anything in the preamble? Because I didn't write anything down for the preamble. Not a lot, really. Well, right. we managed to actually pick up some of the quarter block party last night. We went to see uh, Tandem Felix and the O Emperor mm-hmm. playing the amp. It's very good. Excellent. A lot of fun. 
Very enjoyable. And uh, choice nominated artist, David Tapley, who's in the room, by the way. But uh, let's get going with the news. And there's only one place to start this week. Uh, legendary music producer, 84-year-old Quincy Jones is in the news because he uh, unloaded a full clip in a 12,000-word long interview in GQ magazine, which, to be honest, like we've tried to get the highlights from this, and we've got like four pages of highlights. It's, it's <laughs> like, my favourite thing. Like, it really is. I mean, Quincy Jones... What age is he now? 84. 84. Okay. He's 85 in March. So we have to make some concessions, but... First of all, okay, he hates Ireland, I guess, right? Yep. Uh, does, does that include Cork? I'm not sure. Is it a separate entity? Or, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, are, are we including Ireland in the whole Cork thing? Yes. Like, are, is it like the Vatican or Monaco where we're not? I mean, it must be said Bono isn't helping our situation, it seems. No, no, no. Bono has told Quincy that we can't assimilate... Okay, so some background. Uh, Quincy Jones was over uh, with Bono to the Vatican. They went and met the late Pope John Paul back in 1999. And uh, he said that whenever he comes over to Ireland, he stays in Bono's castle because Ireland and Scotland are so racist, it's frightening. Which, I don't know, it could be true. I mean... I mean, if you stay in Bono's castle, I guess everywhere seems a bit daunting, doesn't it? And I guess once you leave, everyone hates you a bit, right? (laughs) So you're just like, what? Why is everyone so mean to me leaving Bono's castle? Um, I don't know. Yeah, he also talked about buying drugs from Malcolm X, doing heroin with Ray Charles, how he's going to live to he's 110 years of age, thanks to nanotechnology. Which One is- of my favorite things about the interview is how he talks about uh, having type 2 diabetes, and he calls it Diabetes 2, as, <laughs> as though it's a movie that he wants to soundtrack. Diabetes 2, the blood name. <laughs> oh, yeah. He also had lunch with a Nazi propaganda filmmaker, Lenny Riefenstahl, back in the day. And at one point, you know, the interviewer goes, you know, some people would be judgmental about having lunch with someone who was so closely involved with the Nazi party. And Quincy responds, give me a fucking break, man. This is a human being, and a very special human being. It was never political. It was about her passion for her profession. So. Oh, he's like, Ireland and Scotland are extremely racist. Meanwhile, I'm hanging out with Lenny Riefenstahl. What, what is that about? Yeah. He's a man of many talents, Greg. To be fair, he's he's like Stuart Clark on steroids. When when it comes to name dropping and stories, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can basically just go through a list of like you know the hundred most powerful celebrities, and Quincy's met one of them at one point. Yeah, it's amazing. I read this on the bus down yesterday. A nice three-hour bus journey. I very much enjoyed that. Thanks, Colin. Appreciate that. <laughs> And uh, it was quite the eye-opening read. Uh, I encourage everyone to go to GQ.com and check it out. They're not sponsors of the show, but if uh, anyone from GQ is listening to this episode, by all means, we will happily take your money. I'm not sure we've won them over in this section. Yeah, in keeping with uh, live show tradition, by the way, I am violently hungover today, so uh, I'm going to do my very best to get through it. Uh, I didn't watch the Grammys at the weekend because I think the Grammys are a waste of time. Did anyone here watch the Grammys? Did anyone no, here watch the Grammys? No, of course not. I watched the Royal Rumble instead. So did I. I went home. I was working until 11 got home watched the Royal Rumble till 4am got like 3 hours sleep and then went to work the next day and wrote about it they paid me to write about wrestling by the way have you seen a member of the Balor Club I have seen a member of the Balor Club I'm intimidated like you know I hope he's on our side fuck it might not be but uh, yeah Royal Rumble was good Grammys weren't and uh, there's lots of Grammys fallout in particular Father John Misty Craig your boy yeah I mean he won he won best design for an album right Craig's microphone is uh, having trouble, so we're going to... Okay, it's, it's like we're in a boy band sure, today. Mike, okay. So Father John Misty picked up uh, something of an award, but a kind of understated one where it's like, oh, okay, we've all seen, okay, I guess, the vinyl artwork and layout for Pure Comedy, which was spectacular. 
and he picked up something for that. He was also nominated for alternative, I think, or whatever. But essentially, he wasn't really, he wasn't there. He didn't really care about it. And he said some nice words about how, essentially, fuck society and go to flatter.com. Was that the gist of yeah, but his message? As well, though, like he said it at a gig in Australia, which is yeah, just like, it's the human equivalent of subtweeting, basically. You know, it's just like, he, he is the guy standing behind a group just going, hold me back, hold me back, and then running his mouth once the bouncers step in. Like, If you're going to actually have a go, turn up and do it. Yeah, it's almost like he was doing it ironically, which is uh, his entire thing. Uh, someone who wasn't being ironic was Lord, friend of the show, Lord. Uh, her night at the Grammys was surrounded by controversy because uh, she wasn't allowed to perform, apparently. Yeah, now this took a lot of slack because she was the only nominee for Record of the Year that didn't actually get a solo performance. She's also the only female nominee for that category This is true, yeah, exactly. Now, the thing is that uh, Justin Vernon was one of the guys who came out in, not even support, but just like, you know, offered his testimony, as it were. Uh, He said that couple of years ago, he was the only record record of the year that didn't get to perform because they said Novacine was uh, boring and everyone would switch off if you played a six minute song. So basically it seems like the Grammy organizers I mean like, don't get me wrong, they're dickheads, but at least they're equal opportunity dickheads. To be fair, you will recall that uh, at Forbidden Fruit last year, I left halfway through Bonnie Verset and went home because of the weather, it was, it was like it was torrential rain, and it wasn't fun. I couldn't see through my glasses. It was all very upsetting. Uh, as is Lord, she's very upsetting. That melodrama album is terrible, but some people seem to like it for some reason. That's fine. My mic still isn't working. I'd like to disagree, but I can't. Um. <laughs> Craig has been silenced. She's a talented young lady. Yeah. So. Is that, is that working? She's pretty good. Oh, fantastic. Give it up. Continue. Yes, he's on. Okay, excellent. Uh, <laughs> uh, when asked about Lord's absence from the show, Grammy's producer Ken Ehrlich said, there's no way we can really deal with everybody, which is fucking hilarious. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. like, I love that. It's very much just like, listen, mate, not my problem. <laughs> it reminds me of a sound engineer I once had who told me that there was nothing you could do about, about my ride symbol being too loud. And I was like, it's literally your job. Like... But, okay, the point would be that everyone knows the Grammys is an absolute dumpster fire. So it's like trying to nitpick about them not picking specific artists. It's just like, what, why even pay it any attention? Let's just move on. Well, this Grammys is it as well, as an especially because Bruno Mars swept oh, well, here we go. Six, I mean, yeah. six awards in all six that he was nominated for. Hang on, before we get to Bruno Mars, can I, can I please read out the Lord, yes, the Lord quote? Yeah. Because she, uh, she pinned a feminist essay to her dress at the show. Which is a very Lord thing to do. Which I was going to do today, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an audio medium that wouldn't really go across. She said, Last night I saw a lot of crazy and wonderful things. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for loving and embracing melodrama the way you did. My nomination belongs to you. Thank you also for believing in female musicians. You set a beautiful precedent. I mean, like, great. I mean, it's cool that she has a platform, even if she was bounced off it, but that album sucks. Uh, Neil Portnow, who's the Grammys head guy, he said, um, Women need to step up which is bollocks, because SZA was nominated for five awards and didn't win a single one. She was right there. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, as our mate Josh has said before, when you're getting paid six figures, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> L- like, you're only going to get yourself in trouble when I mean, you really say shit. I don't know. This. We're not I being paid know. six figures. That's why we're not. To be honest. Hang on, we're not? No, sorry. That's man. the only reason I came down again. 
I mean, going back to the start of the story, the, like, I think Father Joe Misty's approach is the right approach, where he's just like, well, this is really evidence of the fact that it's what's on the outside that counts. Just completely dismiss it and move on. And well, Bruno Mars was uh, a big winner, yeah. and people weren't impressed, including Fleet Fox's Robin Pecknold and the aforementioned Justin Vernon of Bonnie Vare fame. Uh, he tweeted, absolutely no offense to Mr. Mars, but you absolutely have to be shitting me. Uh, on Twitter, which is I not—I feel like that's a bit offensive to Bruno Mars, right? No offense, mate, but what? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, the guy from Fleet Foxes on his Instagram story, very modern, mm-hmm. said, uh, "Aside from Kendrick, SZA, and Jay Z, nothing that was nominated was very good, in my opinion. But to give it all to Toys R Us Gap Band is pretty ridiculous." He actually said, "Ridic." which is a weird modern shortening of the word ridiculous, by the way. Basically, that just renders everything he said null and void, as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Well, what can you do? It's very (laughs) upsetting. Uh, Craig's very happy this week, though, because Vampire Weekend have a new website. So yeah, I, I do get, yeah, I'm on website alert constantly. Um, they've updated it, and it seems like they're going to be doing something. I think they've, they've signed up to Sony, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I assume we're getting a new album next They've announced, they've announced festival yeah. dates, so that means new album. Like, Arctic Monkeys are doing the same thing, and everyone's freaking out. Maybe he's just doing a cartoon with Jaden Smith again. Did you watch that one? Actually, yeah, I was going to ask. <laughs> It's not okay. great. Was it? Did get bad reports? Was it got it? a lot of bad reports. Okay, but it, 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 was, uh, it was memeable. There's internet memes about it. So there you go. Memeable. It will be joking aside. It will be very interesting to see how they do without Rostam. I think he's com- contributed to this upcoming album, but yeah, I don't know. Was, he will be a big loss in terms of. The he was hanging around the studio, so he was probably involved. Okay, but um, someone who is involved in this year's Choice Music Prize Song of the Year is our aforementioned friend, our roving reporter, David Anthony Tapley. Give it up for Woo! David Anthony Tapley. Woo! Now, hang on. Not, not quite yet, sir. I'll, 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 I'll beckon you up momentarily. Step back. But first, uh, I want to run down the songs of the year. Am I allowed to comment on them, by the way? Because uh, I, you may have heard. I feel, yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm judging at this year's Choice Music what? Prize. And I've been dining out on that for two whole weeks so far. It's going to be great. I've got another six weeks to go, and I feel like it's going to really boost my profile. Last uh, week we were <laughs> hanging out with uh, one, yeah, one of Overhead the Albatross, who was so glad they did not release an album this year. <laughs> he was very upset. He, he's very upset at my, uh, my burgeoning social media career. But uh, the choice... <laughs> burgeoning, yeah, he's the, working uh, on it. The Choice Music Prize Song of the Year shortlist, uh, which will be decided... Oh, the overall winner will be decided by the public is The Academic with Bear Claws, which was originally released in 2013. So that's very impressive. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember having them play it at uh, Independence 2014, their new single. <laughs> that's very impressive. Uh, Anya Cahill with Plastic, Chasing Abby with That Good Thing, Tandem Felix, Where You There When They Crucified the Birthday Boy, Niall Horan with Slow Hands, Gavin James, I Don't Know Why. That kind of sums that song up, doesn't it? Yeah, like uh, Dermot Kennedy with Glory, The Script with Rain, Wyvern Lingo with I Love You, Sadie, and Soleil with Good Life. Well, so, somebody who has a far better knowledge of how this works told me that the songs of the year are sorted by... There's three of them chosen by the judging panel. There's three of them done by public vote. And then there's four of them done by means unknown <laughs> the various dark magic is bit, like there's a seance and the, there's the heads of universal and yeah, there's, a, there's a man who makes there's a sacrifice I think though that no 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 you can spot the public votes sure very easily yeah 
and you can spot not looking the, at anyone and you can <laughs> spot the judging panel and the actual professional critics yeah and then not looking at anyone yeah, yeah. To be fair, I was asked to nominate five songs, and I put Tan and Felix in there, by the way, just so you know. Five times. Whereas, uh, but it wasn't my number one, I'm sorry to say. And my number one didn't make it in, which I was quite surprised by. He's sitting right there, mate. <laughs> Poor Dottie, look at him. <laughs> it's okay, man. It's going to be all right. To be fair, we can't really get into conspiracy theories about the Choice Music Prize without having David Tapley on stage. So can you please join us now, sir? Thank you. Give him a round of applause. Woo! So, uh, I listened to the Choice Prize song Bash that was on during the week in Tramline in Dublin. Uh, I couldn't go because I was working, but I listened to it and it sounded good. And I heard you on stage dissing the venue, dissing the competition. Cormac Battle didn't know what he was dealing with. I didn't diss the venue. I said it was a basement. (laughs) It is a basement. It's underground... Therefore, it's a basement. You were saying, like, it's nice to go from dive bars into this fancy basement. And he was like, it's a tram line. Where I was, like, really, like, desperate to recover. Uh, he was working on commission. He got paid every time he said the phrase tram line. Okay. Uh, before we get into the conspiracy aspect of this that I know you have, do you think you have a chance at all? Absolutely. <laughs> okay. The people have the power, Dave. <laughs> you need 150 people to start a movement so yeah you can vote once a day on 2FM that's how it works so and, and, and with 7,000 people in this room right now it, it's on podcast no one knows stadium right stadium full of people yeah okay so uh, when I was tapped to be a judge this year I got some abuse from David Tapley who was saying oh it's all a big fucking conspiracy isn't it mate and now that you're part of this whole thing, how do you feel now? Do you want to walk that back? You've literally proved that it's conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you voted for our song. And you didn't give it your number one, yet it got nominated. Look at, like, look at the... We have to look at the facts here, people. <laughs> it's a fair point. Yeah. So what, follow the money, is it? Like, okay, follow fine. Follow the money. So how do you feel? Like, uh, give us your, your workings here, because you're convinced that this whole thing is a bit of a sham. I don't think it's a sham. You're putting words in my mouth now. I think it's a racket. No. That's a better word. Um, it's got to be said, if you thought you had a chance of winning, it's literally disappeared in the past grand. 15 like, I, seconds there. I, you know, you had Zara Hedeman on the show a while back, and she had the dawning realisation that award ceremonies and awards in general for art is stupid. Which, Surely not. But you know, it like... It is. It actually is. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. If I had a proper working mic, I would have cut across. You're just negating the purpose of this entire podcast. <laughs> talking about art is ridiculous. Not talking about about I'm, I'm saying that awarding it in... I'm, I'm going to go into the same mode that she went in and sound like a fucking stoner at a party at four o'clock. <laughs> can't put a medal on art bro (laughs) actually hang on it's funny you say that because uh, I guess you know why not I'll tell the story there's no public record but there is now when I say it Uh, we all used to work for Hot Press Magazine it's a fascinating place to work for don't ever do it but um, back in the day they had this thing called the music show in which they would have like kind of panels and they would have gigs and they would have like talks and they would have all kinds of stuff and it was actually pretty cool but uh, I remember the first one of the day was uh, a panel with Glenn Hansard and uh, (laughs) Maria Doyle Kennedy was there as well it was a who's who and uh, the first question was oh, asked two people Glenn Hansard and Maria there was some bloke from I don't, lo- think, I don't think that's a who's who more a who's that there was some there was some actually sorry as the person that used to write hot presses who's who 
They were both in it, so you're correct. There was, Carry uh, on. <laughs> there was a guy from like Live Nation or something. He doesn't get a name. It's fine. So like Olaf Tyronson, the journalist in question, uh, like kind of introduced everybody. And when he introduced, you know, he was like Maria Kennedy, who you know kind of came to fame in the commitment. She's an actress. She's a singer in her own right. She's fantastic. Blah blah blah. He was like Glenn Hansard. He's like leader of the frames, uh, Academy Award winning artist for the film Once and blah, blah, you know, got a new solo album coming out. Whatever it was. So five minutes pass, and like you know, full room full of people, like ten a.m. in the morning, and fucking. Before Glenn answers the question that he was asked, he goes, actually, Olaf, um, I really don't appreciate being referred to as an Academy Award-winning artist because that implies that it's not about the art, but it's about the accolades, and it just isn't like, like that, man. And you could feel the air being sucked out of the room by everyone as Glenn Hansard betrayed an entire nation of people in one fell swoop. an entire nation of people as though we all went, oh... A lot of people are convinced that he's not an absolute prick. I, w- I would also like to point out that this wasn't like... It wasn't like he was immediately introduced and then he addressed it. There was 20 minutes of conversation in between <laughs> before he spoke. just the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, what you're saying is, you're the new Glenn Hansier. Well, yeah, well, I guess so. I'm going to have to re... I'm going to have to change my brand now, I think. That's well, I do love the Academy Awards. Well, on that note... If we are up for that... Choice I'm... Music Prize nominee, David Tapley. <laughs> Thank you very much. He's going to do a tune or two for us, so... Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Put your hands together, folks. Turn into a grand affair 
swinging sounds of gospel through the air. We're dancing in the garden with our friends till the police demand the party comes to an end. The last few bottles of red wine But were you there When they crucified The birthday boy Were you there When they hung him on the cross It's definitely going to win at the, <laughs> at the Choice Music Prize Song of the Year 2018. I'm glad that at least one song in the, out of the nominations has the phrase goodie bags in it. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those. Do you think you're going to get a goodie bag? or? I believe there's a good, I was talking to the person who does the branding for the event. <laughs> and apparently we're going to get like Orti branded key rings, harmonicas. Well, that's what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah. A key ring. Uh, <laughs> shoe horns. Orty yeah. shoe horns. That's what we're in it for. Merch. Very good. Um, well, I guess we'll move on to our songs of the week. Or, do, you have another, do, you, do you have another one in you? No, or? no, I was going to put the guitar that's away. Been, that's grand. <laughs> okay. Um, this is the part of the show where we discuss new songs that came out this week. It's the imaginatively titled section, Songs of the Week. And uh, David Tapley will be staying here for this because I have inundated him with the five songs in question. He's done his research. He's also uh, destroyed his microphone <laughs> in, in, with his enthusiasm. So yeah. uh, the, the lovely Zahi is going to play audio snippets now. It's all very professional. So when you're ready, man, uh, surprise me. <laughs> Curveball. That was dreadful Scottish band Churches with their brand new song, Get Out. Uh, possibly inspired by the film of the same name, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, I put a tweet out during the week and I said, um, I don't think I could ever really trust anybody who admitted openly to being a fan of Churches. Um, it didn't go down well. People were very upset. Thanks, man. One guy. The it- song or the tweet? 
Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, at Hanready Dave on Twitter, by the way, just so you know. Um, socials in there. Listen, Dave, listen. Yeah. If you reach one person, actually, we should probably mention that you know uh, for anyone who's walked in late or you know I never mentioned when we do a live show. The name of the show is No Encore. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Every Friday, apart from this episode, which will presumably come out on Monday. But uh, as for churches, am I wrong in saying that they're incredibly bland and really boring and I don't understand why they make music at all? Well, so there's a BBC radio show called I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. And for years they've had a round which is a song to the tune of another. That's what it feels like they're playing here. Where she's taken lyrics that are suited for some angsty emo tune and then put it to music that does not suit it at all. It sounds, it's got a Paramore thing, doesn't it? Oh, well, no, 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 But like, but like yeah, Par- Paramore at least like get this sort of juxtaposition right where there's Do like... They? Paramore, the, the one thing you can say about Paramore is they get the juxtaposition right. Well, what? On the last... <laughs> They're on, terrible. <laughs> on the, no, no, no. On the last album, at least. Okay, sure. Anyway, sure. Okay. That they had sort of like sunny pop tunes with darker lyrics, blah, blah. This, I mean, like, it's crying out for, like, a sort of angsty performance. It's and crying Lauren out Mayberry, for, like, the mics to be off. Well, yeah, but Lauren Mayberry <laughs> sounds like she's trying out for the school choir. Now, it makes a little bit of sense when you realise that Greg Kirsten is the man behind both this single and the rest of their album. And he does all of Sia's stuff. Now, Sia on this would have an edge to her, like, because she has that distinctive voice. She has, like, a level of aggression. But she would have written a song. Like, she would have written a melody. Yeah, that that too. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. (laughs) I actually have to admit, I saw it was on the list. I hate bands that have the V instead of the U in their name. It's all for it's all for Google. Sorry, thank v. But <laughs> oh wow, that is oh my god, I'm going back to Dublin. Uh, and you're going to turn this guy's this microphone off? Are you kidding me? This is the gold that you're missing out on. But you know, I t- I tapped along. I liked it. Are you saying it's a toe tapper? <laughs> it was a toe tapper. It was a finger snapper. No, but here's the thing. They're already on the verge of that kind of looking for a kind of commercial success, I guess, and trying to almost compromise their sound. And they've talked themselves about how this will be their poppiest stuff yet. And it just seems like a total sounds blandification. Like a, it sounds like a threat. But it just seems like, really, can they get more bland? It definitely has, can. like, keywords that they probably had a massive meeting about... Who are we going to do this for? No, but for example, like sorry, like it, it's a totally passable song. Of course, like it's a grand piece of music. But what exactly stood out for you as like this is en- <laughs> no? Do you know what I mean? But like, what stood out for you as this is enjoyable music in Mel- my ears right now? Melody, you know. It largely sounds like it's been written with the board members of Vodafone, <laughs> just going like, lads, we need a new ad next year. What's going to soundtrack it? Okay, it sucks. Let's move on. Die. <laughs> Next song, please. Thank you very much. So, it was released yesterday. It's called Man of the Woods. That's the album in question. The man is Justin Timberlake, and this song is called Say Something, featuring Chris Stapleton. Now, uh... I guess you're a big country guy, but you make Americana-style music. How do you feel about Justin Timberlake's repurposing of Americana with 808 flavor? 
Oh yes, Chris Stapleton, one of my childhood favourites. Um, Together at last, yeah. I remember my father used to play him all the time in the Ford Cortina as he drove me to the ranch. Uh, no, I think I actually I was I was talking to the lads in the pub about this one yesterday, and uh, Evan, the bass player from Tanafir, said, "Which great song is it? What do you think?" And I said to him, "It is a steaming pile of shit." and I cannot wait to tear it apart tomorrow on the podcast. <laughs> and then he said, how many times did you listen to it? I said, I listened to it once. <laughs> and he said, at least listen to it three more times before the podcast. And my opinion has been changed, gentlemen. <gasps> Hold on, what? It's even worse than you thought. It's actually all right. <laughs> what? It's, all, it's, a, it's a decent tune. Really? Yeah, I actually kind of liked it. I'm uh, getting conservative in my old age, boys. What can I say? Um, I will say this from a songwriting point of view it felt like the entire song was chorus but the way they oh say yeah. it's like there's classic verse, chorus, verse, chorus yeah. building towards nothingness yet the irony of a song called Say Something which says nothing is <laughs> that's incredible that's literally a lyric which uh, is like no, sometimes no. you just have nothing to come up with so you just do this song no but <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry Justin Timberlake's move into country and this is saying something, given his track record, oh, might be the, thing. It's not the worst country. cultural appropriation he's ever actually done. But he's from, like, where's he from? He's from... Tennessee, uh, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Disney is. Club is where he grew up. But, it's not, but here's the thing. <laughs> the I'm Mickey like, Mouse Club, yeah. Mickey Mouse Club. I've dipped Excuse in me. and out of like, the new stuff. It's not country by any stretch of the imagination. Just man of the woods, like Not he didn't even, even grow a proper boys. beard for it. He's just—he's appropriating Chris Stapleton's beard. I think it's like that's—that's that's the reason he's on the song because he's got great facial hair. Yeah, I can't see any other reason for it. But Chris Stapleton is a, as I said a couple of weeks ago, like he's a proper country artist bloke. Like I mean, yeah. it, it, it's the music your dad would like. The last thing we need is another white singer-songwriter appropriating country music. <laughs> <laughs> And getting getting critical acclaim and you know award sensations for it. The Pitchfork review of the Justin Timberlake album is sensational, and everyone needs to read it. Here's the passage. It says, There's no refuge from the lyrics, which in many places engender the same mix of emotions you confront upon walking in on your parents having sex. Timberlake never quite oozed virility, but this aspect of his persona has aged particularly porny, or poorly. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Tell you. The, the horny android moans and tiger growls of filthy are sensual and elegant compared to sauce, which invites you to imagine a partner's pink pressing up against Timberlake's purple. These are the actual lyrics, by the way. Uh, the title track features this charming depiction of foreplay. But then your hands talking, fingers walking, down your legs, hey, there's the faucet. That's country. Uh... <laughs> That's country. The last phrase is delivered with a puff of autotune, harmony, and driven home when the beat cuts out for a split second, which is just enough time for you to realize how excited he is about making his wife orgasm more than once. Whether or not the faucet is ringing at this point remains unclear. Yeah, no, that's dreadful, sorry. <laughs> Dahi, can we have another song, please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is the new one from James Blake. It's called If the Car Beside You Moves Ahead. It's a standalone single and the first thing that we've heard from him since uh, his sudden record drop about 18 months ago, I guess, at this stage. Um, 
it's kind of a throwback, isn't it? It's old school James Blake. Yeah, it's like his early EPs. It's very kind of rooted in almost kind of burial influence stuff. Um, and of course, like he's been moving away from that half dubstepy thing for a long time. But he's an artist where it's really it's you you can't really kind of second guess what he's going to do. Um, his more kind of vocal and like performance centerpieces stuff. Um, uh, like it seemed to be where he was going, but this is a total, yeah, as you say, a kind of throwback to like the spice of vocals threw me a bit. It's a kind of queasy, uh, like anxiety inducingly, yeah. but still great. But yeah, it's, it's, it it's an odd thing. It, it takes a while to get a grasp on it. Yeah. But what's more, you see, I think like the spliced up vocals and stuff, for me at least, it felt like it was kind of fragility in action, so to speak, as in rather than a stripped back piano ballad, which he did an awful lot in the colour and everything, uh, that it was actually just like, you know, this is now how I'm getting the emotion across because of how, you know, shattered it is, basically. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Craig, you interviewed James Blake for Hot Press back in the day. Uh, what headline did you suggest for them to use? Uh, my Blakeian year, which was a, yeah, Paddy Smith reference. And what headline did they use? I would rather you said it because I'm too upset. I think it was a uh, up the dubstep. <laughs> Which really narrows it down. Also, I would like to point out that the entire article was about him saying, I'm not actually dubstep. And I was like, yes, I agree with you, James Blake. And then it was up the dubstep. I also um, love, though, on this track, how daring it is, as Owen wrecks the gaff here, how daring it is to use like his breath as percussion. Like He actually has drum loops of his own in-breathing before lines like, I love that. I yeah. think it's invention brilliantly done. Yeah, I thought the vocal production is incredible. Like, it reminds me of not thinking straight, like dream-like sort of, wor- the words come in before they should and then they happen and you can't really, you know, it's like Twin Peaks or something like that. Or this but, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as well, the like musicality of it, it's like, you know, whatever genre you want to try and box this in at, it's still got that kind of, because he's an incredible jazz pianist, and it still has like such incredible musical, I know, takes you on a journey. Yeah, like, he, what's more as well, like it has a pop sensibility, and I think this is one thing that we've seen with James Blake as his career has gone on now, very obviously when he's working with like, you know, Beyonce and shit, you know, it's nailed down. But like, no matter how inventive or kind of like avant-garde or, you know, outside the box he goes, he does have an ability to actually make it into an accessible tune. Yeah, like Brian Eno as well has that similar sort yeah. of thing. He's famed for his incredible experimentation, but old he can sourpuss. actually old sourpuss. But he can uh, he can write a tune as well. I was going right? to say like it's pretty daring, much like that uh, perfectly timed hand dryer in the background there of the podcast, <laughs> which I quite enjoyed. It elevated the songs to the week section. Yeah, that, that's what we're doing. We have two songs left, and Dahi's going to blow my mind with the next song. When I told you I needed you, I really needed you. If you're not here when I need you, I'll never need you again. We patch over a love triangle by sewing on a square. Not everyone's a king. Thrones are so rare. Yes, it's the dulcet tones of Mike Skinner, aka The Streets. Now, I must confess, not a big Streets fan, but Dahi and I had a very enjoyable drive around the country. Well, not quite the whole country, but stretches of the country about two weeks ago. And at one point, we were on a motorway at night. 
So Dahi was like, have you heard Blinded by the Lights by the Streets? And I tried to pretend that I had, but he saw right through my ruse and then uh, promptly put on the song. And I must say, for driving, you know, that stretch of kind of weird industrial road, uh, it really worked. Weird industrial road. (laughs) It's a new song by the streets. Hold on, this is why I need a mic. What? What was this thing? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Um... Okay, so yeah, he's been away for a while as the streets, um, and it's a weird thing where like he's come back. I think he released a couple of songs before Christmas, which passed a lot of people by, and he's coming back to a very kind of different landscape in terms of, I guess, British music and like grime. Is it, it, a lot of people have kind of expanded on what he was doing, and I would say bettered it. But I will say, actually, this of like the few, like the kind of you know several songs he's released. It, this is kind of all right. This is really? not bad. Yeah, I think it's actually okay. Lyrically, I think there's some interesting stuff. I mean, he does sound at times like he's a dad trying to catch up. But like see, he mentions, this, 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 like, here's, I'm going to mention memes and like there's a bit of that. You see, but, I mean, like I'm a big fan of the streets and like original player material. I thought was an awesome album but I the, thought A Grand yeah. Uncome for Free was like hobbled yeah. by the fact that it was a concept album but still it had some great stuff on yeah. it but the thing is he was zeitgeisty like he was really of the moment which means that 10 years later he's not and this sounds like grime for the hard of hearing this is just like we're going to slow it all down and enunciate so right? slow it's this I think this song is absolute shit uh, it's so slow it sounds. It reminded me of if you ever watched Charlie Brooker's Screen Wipe, and he's talking about the state of affairs in England, getting all down and everything, but there's like some music in the background, and he's looking at the camera, and he's that's it's exactly what it sounds like. See, like genuinely, for the first time in absolute years, this kind of worked for me as like a street sing because his last couple of albums were very like almost bombastically like do you know what I'm saying something profound now and there'd be strings and blah 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 with this it seemed at least he was kind of touching base with reality and there was a bit of kind of lyrical dexterity the beat is you know it's 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 nothing to write home about but I thought it was like passable and fine I would listen to it well I did listen to it repeated times and it was like grand I was like yes this doesn't want make me want to like tear my hair out I would say if you're going to write something like that publish a real poetry because it's yeah okay he, he gets to the heart of things as a kind of aging once edgier man on the forefront of urban music in uh, England but now he is yeah I, like I was going to say in a world in a world where we have Stormzy and Skepta is this does this sound like someone from a fucking decade ago which yeah. it, it kind of is yeah it's, it's redundant sorry Mike redundant for me not for me the song is called If You Ever Need to Talk I'm Here. It's not as good as Blinded by the Lights, which like I say, if you ever get the chance to uh, if you ever get the chance to if you ever, if you get, ever chance, get a chance to ride with Dolly down a weird say, industrial say, road. If you, ever, if you ever get the chance to tour the west of Ireland with a musician who's who's inspired by that area at night in a car, uh, stick it on the playlist. What do you think, Dolly? Yeah, I agree. I love the streets. They're amazing. And also, Dahi is here, so if you want that experience, you just sign up at the end of the yeah, show. Yeah. And it's you know, it's pretty cheap. You know, like, like it, it won't cost you a lot, and he's really good company on a long drive. But he's also going to play the final song of the Songs of the Week. I'm not ashamed that he wasn't the one Had no idea what we would become There's no regrets, I just thought it was fine no need to imagine 
making her Songs of the Week No Encore debut. It's Julia Michaels. Uh, the song is called Heaven. It's from the Fifty Shades Freed soundtrack. And uh, the Fifty Shades soundtracks actually I have usually got one pop banger on there that's actually quite good. Uh, I think there was a previous team up with uh, Sia and Zayn. Yeah, 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 you're right. It was all right. And then there was another one. There was the weekends. No, it, 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 it was it was Taylor Swift and Zayn. Sorry, yeah, Taylor yeah. Swift and Zayn. Yeah, but the weekends earned it was on that, but that was off an album of his. It was Oscar nominated, which lost to Sam Smith, which was a fucking robbery, by the way. Not over that. Not happy about it. Uh, this is fine. It's grand. It'll do the job. It'll probably like you know soundtrack the trailer, which will have lots of quick cuts and lots of people looking like they're having sex and moaning. And people will go because that franchise has made a disgusting amount of money. So yeah, I guess in that regard, it does the job. Craig yeah, Patrick. I mean, you mentioned that it's <laughs> Tom Regan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't even have a mic. I just decided <laughs> I'd step in there. You mentioned like you know her debut. I mean, it's her debut performing. She's written a bunch of tunes that we love, uh, most notably Bad Liar, Good For You. We've discussed that before. Good like, Vibrations. She goes way back. Well, uh, no My Way, I believe she penned for Frank Sinatra. Beethoven's yeah. fifth I was going to say, like, the, the kind of stripped back pop thing like, is definitely a touchstone here. I mean, you can hear yeah. those hallmarks all over it. Yeah, I mean, that is totally the vibe. But it's, yeah, again, that's, it's fair enough that she is doing that thing because it's something she's kind of popularized without people knowing her name. But I'm getting a bit tired of the... The sparse thing was so refreshing when I came into pop music and kind of melancholy and blah, 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 and just kind of doing, trying to maximize just kind of doing very little with kind of synths and a few drum beats, but I'm kind of tiring of just the sparseness. This is a good melody. I think it's a good song, but I'm, si- I'm kind of sick of just straight up pop songs being like, do you know what? I, I, I'm in love with someone that's bad for me and I'm so angsty. And I- What happened to like upbeat, fun pop songs? David Tapper. Who could it be for this? <laughs> Can you write one for me specifically? I can't. I know. Um, yeah, no. This song kind of passed me by. It was of the sp- uh, spoiler alert, or this is a little inside baseball here. There's a playlist on Spotify made for all the songs of the week, and I listened to it. But this is the one that, like, I found it difficult to go back and listen to again. It's fairly pain point numbers. Oh, oh, like it, it, it is so standard. Like, like it's a three out of five. Like. So she wrote like sorry, Justin, Him- or sorry, Justin Bieber's sorry, and bad liar. She Thomas, wrote that. Which were, too, so you're yeah. a fan of David? Sorry, a lot of her kind of stuff. But, yeah. I am a fan of David. That's correct, and I'm a fan of the songs in question. But this one ain't great. But again, it's just a commercial tie-in. Like it's going to make a shit ton of money. It's going to get a lot of fucking plays. People are going to be all over it. People are going to come out of that film being like, wow, they they did it. They did the trilogy, and it was great, and everything was fantastic, and I really bought into the story, and I loved the acting, and it was fantastic. Sorry, no, I will just say, it's kind of nice to see that like big, massive films now have a whole expanded soundtrack thing that is being given proper consideration. Like, I'm very excited about the Black Panther soundtrack, because James Blake is doing a song with Anderson Pack, and we've already heard some song, and it's just, you know, Kendrick curating it. If that's the way big studios want to pump money into now, it's just to let kind of good artists come up with good stuff it can only be a good thing I guess right I think that's a that's a very it's a very nice and philosophical way to end the songs of the week of a Saturday afternoon uh, hangover update I'm, 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 I'm alright I'm feeling okay uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think that really took the edge off and now we're going to review an album which comes out next week let's have a snippet of it shall we
Paper Cages by Franz Ferdinand off the album Always Ascending. But before we get to the review, uh, can we have a round of applause, please, for David Anthony Tapley as he departs the stage? It was uh, was poor hosting on my behalf. If you leave a review on iTunes and you can say that that wasn't very good hosting, Dave, I'll be like, yeah, you're right, fair play. But please give us a five star review because that matters, apparently. So, uh, Franz Ferdinand are back. The album comes out on Friday called Always Ascending. They released a clutch of singles so far. That is Paper Cages, which debuted on the Andrew Marr show in weird fashion. And, uh, you know, it's kind of the thing of, like, Franz Ferdinand, they kind of peaked on their first album. They're never going to better it, I don't think. They haven't done so here. But before we get into the meat of this, the song that we played there, Paper Cages, for my money, is one of the best songs they've ever written, I think. I think it's fantastic. And I think it's the obvious standout of a 10-track album. I think lyrically it's very good. I'm not sure musically if it is. I, like, part of me, and I don't want to sound like a kind of a contrarian hipster here, but it's just like, they've released three singles, and I don't think any of them are amongst the best tracks on this album. I think the best tracks on this album are things like um, Glimpse of Love, Lois Lane, which is basically as close to old school Franz Ferdinand as you're going to get. And so I wonder if the band, or indeed the record labels, whoever the powers that be, just believe that old school Franz Ferdinand just isn't going to get the job done anymore. Well, it's interesting. Um, They were talking to Rolling Stone, and they said, actually, for this album, um, the producer working with Philippe uh, Deserve um, basically had a rule where it's like, we're not going to discuss discuss singles or any standout songs we're just going to make the album so I think the thing was after the fact they were just like well, whatever songs you want to put out so which would kind of buy into your thing of just like they didn't put a huge amount of thought into it um, but no I, I think that there isn't a huge amount of old school Franz Ferdinand on this uh, I'm kind of surprised no 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 oh, oh there is I think anyway like I mean the sort of 80s influence synth pop is the closest marriage to that foot stomping art rock that they came out with and I think that it melds really well across this album in general like it's not the sort of nouveau disco sort of shit that they were trying to do it's actually a far more organic sort of a you, okay we mentioned Mike Skinner and on the previous episode of the podcast we mentioned example and you know kind of the lads who are getting older they're in their 40s now they have kids all that kind of stuff I think uh, the Elder Statesman thing really suits Alex Kapranos. I think this album works pretty much because of that. It's not trying too hard. I think the last album did that a bit much. And even the one before that, like, you know, they w- it was very experimental and some of it hit and some of it didn't. But they're no longer really chasing past glories. I think he's settled into a groove here. And I think it really, really I-, I think lyrically, it's one of the strongest albums we've had. Absolutely. Once. And I mean, like, that's why, like, Lois Lane in particular is today for me, like, you know, it has kind of like snark and self deprecation when it's talking about, like, you know, the, the misery of the over 30 yeah. singles night and stuff like yeah. that, you know. He, he, like even and I hated the song if I'm perfectly honest at Huck and Jim which sounded like 
Weezer, basically. But it has one of the best lyrics where it's just that kind of we'll talk, we'll go to America and talk about the NHS. Yeah, we're going to go to like America and yeah. talk about the NHS and just drink real. bulky yeah. with the boys. And yeah. you're just like, you know, I, I, I can work with that. Oh, it, the, yeah, that song musically is a complete disaster, I think, because they're trying to do some weird trap thing, which doesn't quite come together. But I think that aside, the rest of it really works for me. I think they seem like the last album was a really accomplished piece of work but it was them very much trying to kind of it was Nick McCarthy's last album with them and it was very much them trying to harken back to their past glories and go here's what we're good at let's try and do that too like a Celsius whereas this seems much freer mm-hmm. and they sound looser for it and they sound more inventive well of course the other thing is that in between those they had that album with Sparks yes. the FFS which was uh, brilliant incredible absolutely but like you wonder how much that sort of like got experimentation out of the system perhaps or at least focused their minds as far as this record was concerned I would like to think that Alex Capranis as Dave saying just sounds kind of now more like his age and he's really getting into that tone of voice and maybe he looked at Sparks and like okay actually maybe Franz Ferdinand isn't something I was just doing for 10 years maybe it's something I'm going to do into my you know 60s 50s you know 70s blah 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 and he, he's really good at being that seasoned kind of slightly jaded observer of things and like all these songs are like he's totally getting away from that thing of like I'm just writing about my ex-girlfriends or blah 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 they're all kind of character studies and I think it really suits him to do that kind of thing it's almost like a Jarvis Cocker thing well he's not that acute lyrically I think it's, it's, it's way more interesting that way uh, Colin mentioned the you know over 30 singles nightline I love the follow up and he's just like saying it's bleak it's bleak yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. bleak but yeah. it totally works there's um, lots, yeah it's 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 a very funny album like just lines like that where you're just like that's great like that's great there were points album. in this album where I was like this is kind of what I wanted from the LCD sound system album in as much as lyrically at least I think musically it's a little bit pain by numbers and it doesn't quite get as adventurous as it could maybe I mean it's slight but you see, but that's the thing. You see, I think Franz Ferdinand are at their best when they actually stay within certain confines, as it were. I mean, like when you look back at what made that first album so good, it is genuinely just like simple riff, foot stomping rock. Like. But I, I will actually disagree completely with you on this because, first of all, I think their second album was slightly better. What? Whoa! No! Yeah. No! 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 Their no, second no, album's no. great. It doesn't have the high points, but it's a better album. But anyway, my point was: <laughs> Why like, did somebody <laughs> fix his mic? Seriously, <laughs> like. But no, sorry. Like, like their last album was them clearly trying to stay within those confines, and whilst it was good, and you could go, "Yeah, well done, like a good job," you would never go back to it. It was kind of unremarkable. So I, I think they can never recapture that stuff. So it's nice to hear. Like on this album, there's lots of points where, like something like the Academy Award, or there's songs where you go, actually, here's an avenue they could actually delve into further. Oh, really? The Academy like, Award? I thought that was terrible. I now. thought it was I great. Must, I thought it was the album's low point. It, it, it's like a bad The I Last thought, Shadow Puppet song. No, like, I thought it was great. none of the actual <laughs> swagger or attitude that you need to do that lounge rocky thing. No, I think that, uh, uh, there were certain things where, like, yeah, this could definitely work for them in future. Quick straw poll, though, before we get to the scores. Uh, what's the best Franz Ferdinand song? Mm, Darker the Man, maybe. Yeah, that is it, yeah. Oh, yeah I think it's Michael, maybe, possibly. Really? It's a good song. Oh, it's it a banger, yeah, yeah or, no, no doubt. Jacqueline, I would maybe? say, uh, can I be a complete indie hipster and say Lindsay Wells? Sure. Which is, was a B-side in Might 2005. Well. There you go. This is what he always does. Uh, like, Craig's favourite block party song you can only find on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, even then, it could be gone. So, Bucking yeah, 
I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. I don't need Franz Ferdinand 2018, but they sound up for it, and I think Alice Capranos has settled into a nice rhythm, and I'm awarding this album a 6 out of 10. I'll give it an 8. I thought it was very good. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quintessential 7 out of 10, to be perfectly honest. Like There's missteps, there's a few bangers, and there's a lot of middle of the road, but yeah, it's decent. I love a good quintessential 7 out of 10. Yeah. Uh, Bombay Bicycle Club. They're a quintessential 7 out of 10. And that's the end of the album review. But uh, we have a special guest. We do indeed. Uh, we promised that David Tapley wasn't the only one joining us tonight. We're delighted to join Phil from Emperor. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. Thank you very much. Round of applause. Round of applause. After a fantastic set last night following Tandem Felix, which was a tough order, but it was great. It, and you seem to be really enjoying yourselves as like cliche as that sounds it's just like you're very much a band that are enjoying just Im- improvising and playing like kind of against each other and working off each other and jamming yeah yeah I yeah. think we we haven't uh, we hadn't played in a while we hadn't practiced in a while so uh, we were on our toes and that was kind of enjoyable actually yeah. Uh, so yeah it was there was kind of sloppy moments and I kind of enjoyed that as well just I think we were all fairly up for it so yeah, it was it was good. Fun. I mean, the last time we saw you around here was with the bonk, and that is very much sort of like improvisational stuff. Like, so how much does that carry over when you kind of come back to our Emperor? Do, do you find yourself bringing some of those experiences or influences across? Uh, I guess, I guess there's no way to not carry things across. There's no kind of intentional um, structure to the way that the ideas come, but. Uh, yeah, I think we've all been kind of exposed to lots of different things. The O Emperor thing is a lot more... It's got a lot more going on because there's five people kind of feeding into it. Like, a, a lot of the stuff that we're doing now was just what happened when we started to play together, so... Because, like, as well, as, as you say, I mean, like, that there are obviously five members of the band, so, like, you know, five different you know, ideas and stuff, but also, like, I know Richie was kind of, like, doing his own solo stuff, uh... Brendan was like producing and stuff like that so mm. when you guys do have a little bit of time out does it kind of feel when you get back together it's like oh whoa things have completely changed um, well we, we had see, we kind of been tipping away the last couple of years every so often so we've been checking in like um, you know periodically so but uh, yeah like the stuff that we're kind of playing now is even old in itself we're kind of like only getting around to putting it out now, so it's kind of newer things. We'll probably be started to, you know, work on them. Like, how old are we talking here? Like, well, <laughs> uh, we probably should have finished it a long time ago, basically. Uh, like, like most things, that's still not specific enough for me. Uh, like, bear, bear in mind now, I knew you when you were saviors in space. Oh, so, Jesus. like, this is how old we're going, right? <laughs> music journalists, <laughs> God damn it. No, but like for example, like your kind of your last EP, which was okay, what two years ago? Just a little over two years ago. It was yeah. very. I thought it was fantastic stuff. It was a totally different direction for you guys. I thought, mm. and it was like tremendous. I think we were all excited for like. It seemed even talking to you guys at the time. It was like, well, this is like a taste of something that's to come next year. And then it was kind of radio silence for about two years. So, what happens in that dip where it's just life intervenes or? Um. Yeah, pretty much like this kind of um, money, finance intervenes, and yeah, people are just doing different things. 
Um, and yeah, like I, I've, I'm in Dublin now, so we're kind of geographically uh, awkward as well. So, but yeah, but I think we just need to get our act together as well. We're just like. We're just dopes as well, and we need to sort, <laughs> sort our shit out, like, you know. But there's a, like, <laughs> y- y- it develops, like, a sense of mystery, I suppose, around the band, where it's like, what are they up to? So, you know, don't, like, Nothing. don't tell them. <laughs> like, it's basic life things in the way. Is it yeah. hard to actually combine the two? Because, like, you, as you were saying, like, you know, the sort of, the, you know, little bit of chaos when you're playing together, like, bouncing off each other, like, mm. making it up as you go along, so to speak. Is it hard to structure that then? It, like, you know, where it's like, you know, all right, I'm going to come down from Dublin, we'll get two days in the studio, and then have fun, I guess? Uh, at structuring the kind of, the, the recording of it, like... Yeah, or, or, or indeed, like, keeping that sort of improv- improvisational spirit when you have to plan things so meticulously. Um, well, I think we're, we, we were always good at over planning and overthinking and that's why it took us too, too, too long to do everything so the kind of basic idea with this was not to think that much about those things and uh, it still took us a long time because you know we didn't devote any thinking to uh, logistical uh, um, issues either but yeah like yeah no it, it, it's been pretty re- relaxed in terms of it's actually been just like set up mics and it's a practice situation and you think about it afterwards when you listen back and you go, all right, that's what, that's what happened. And so a lot of it is utter shite and uh, then some of it is good. And you're like, okay, you can see where that takes us. So, In terms of inspirations, though, I have to ask, I mean, I remember several years ago at a lecture picnic, uh, O Emperor were interviewed in the hot press tent, the old chat room, as it was called. And uh, the setup at the time was this weird thing where it was like a table on a stage and it looked like he basically signed someone like for, press conference. Yeah, for your football club and it was like here they are wow. so I was off doing whatever and I came back at one point Craig was interviewing you and because there are five members obviously very memorable for you you're like uh, hey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I walked by your highlight I, I strolled I sauntered by the tent and I saw Craig standing in the audience with a mic much like he is now but it was just like this strange kind of like mid-afternoon game show talk show situation <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at here is I presume the you know the resulting material from this current iteration will be dedicated entirely of course to, to Craig Patrick, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah I would assume so um, we obviously have just had your new single Make a Rain which is going to play us out when we finish up here in just a couple of minutes time um, sign of things to come uh, yeah yeah in, in some ways I, this thing, I like talked to them about that two years ago, and they're like, "Yeah, definitely," and then nothing. So here's a, no. The, the great I, thing I never about, said you should believe anything. The infuriating, but also the great thing about your band is that you never quite know what direction you're going to go with. And like for like the first album, obviously got huge plaudits, and it was just this meticulously crafted, very tastefully done thing. But since then, you've just been like. Every time I kind of talk to one of your band, it's kind of like, do you know what, we're caring less and less about what sounds like it should be cool, and you just follow your instincts. So you just kind of get carried off in different directions, it seems, and it always ends up sounding good, but God knows, like, God knows ne- this time next year, you could just be yeah, I don't think doing jazz any, odysseys. There's, or there's, no, uh, there's no kind of uh, terms of reference as such. It's just whatever happens, and that's kind of grand. It's what keeps it fun and there's no I think we would yeah there's no point in kind of prescribing something for yourself it's just a limiting thing that it's
it's hard enough to be in a band anyway without that kind of uh, layer put on top of you. So. But man, we're music journalists. We need it. We, <laughs> we need these like easy boxed off angles so one, we can one write. One thing that I, I learned from listening was that I really haven't got the wherewithal to be a music journalist just from listening to uh, your, your thoughts about all the songs. I was like, wow, I, I, I hate music really. I don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about music. Well, what a note to end it on. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Give it up. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks very much, man. And uh, that brings the show to a conclusion. An exciting conclusion in which we got a member of a really good band to confess that he despises music itself, which, to be fair, was the entire aim of this podcast. So that's fine. Um, once again, uh, thanks all for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks to Quarter Black Party Festival and to the Roundy and everybody. Uh, to my lovely co-host, Craig and Cullum. Cullum is very happy. This is like his birthday and Christmas rolled into one. So I'm going back to my own bed tonight. It's excellent. It's great. My name is Dave. Dave Hanready, this has been No Encore, there will be No Encore. Thank you very, very much. Cheers, thanks. So that was Cork. That was No Encore. I quite enjoyed it. We'll definitely come back again at some point, and we'll be on the road again soon. There'll be more live shows this year to look forward to. And thank you for your continued support as we get closer to episode 100. At the moment, there are no plans to do anything, because that's just who we are as a podcast and human beings, and I'm very tired. So, uh, O Emperor, we're on the show, and as Cullum noted, we will exit this episode with exit music in the form of O Emperor's new song, Make It Rain. It's a fucking banger. Uh, I think I've already said it, but once again, my name is David William Hanready. This has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. This is O Emperor with Make It Rain.
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.